All right, day 290. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. All right, First Timothy. Yep. So now I think um, <clears throat> for the next three books, right, we'll be in a subgenre of Paul's letters called the pastoral epistles. Mm. And basically in these uh, letters, he's going to write to pastors right. about how they ought to conduct themselves in the church, about how they ought to instruct the church and about the false teachers. Right. In every single one, the false teachers they are to oppose. Mm. One of the things that he's going to talk about over and over again is sound doctrine. Right. Right. So... You know, in our day, it's like, yo, man, I don't like talking to bro because all he talk about is theology, right? right? And those kind of dudes can be off-putting. But it's like, yo, at the end of the day, we do need sound theology, right? Right. So let's not overcorrect. And Paul is saying, because it affects how you live. Right. So Paul going to start off and he's going to get off the bat. He's like, hey, man, like, remember what I told you, bro? Instruct these cats not to teach false doctrine. Right. Or to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies that promote empty speculations rather than God's, God's plan, which operates by faith. And uh, one of my professors always says, man, that um, theology advances by way of heresy. Mm. And it's often throughout church history, and we know this, right? right. Fourth century, uh, people were saying that Christ wasn't equal with the Father. Right. Council of Nicaea comes, and that gets us right. We clarify our right. words about yeah. who Christ really is. Yeah. Uh, fifth century, right? Yeah. We don't know how the natures of Christ relate. Is he more human? Is he more God? And we clarify with the Cal uh, Council of Chalcedon. Right. Here, Paul is saying, no, clarify. Tell these guys that they're preaching false doctrine mm. and you clarify with sound doctrine. Right? Ah, what's good. really true and what's right about God. And so Paul is like, yo, that's what I want you to do. That's part of being a pastor. Yeah. Real quick, John, most people are like, yo, Keith, I'm not trying to be a pastor. Why is this important for me? Mm, because you are called to submit to a pastor. Right. So these are the type of leaders right. God wants you to submit to. Yep. Yeah. And to know at the, the end of the day, right, Paul's going to say here, all right, look, Timothy, all right, cats out here wilding, mm -hmm. and he's going to make this distinction while they're speculating and in conjecture and spend all their time <laughs> this, yeah. Paul's going to say this, look, but the goal of our instruction. Mm, that's good is love, mm. right? And, and and so you see, once again, right, the way that Paul's going to take his theology yeah. and show that the goal of it is this ethical end, right? Mm. The reason why we teach what we do is that we're trying to produce some type of transformation in Ooh, the lives of people yes, that sir. makes them love more. So the litmus test mm. of successful instruction is not can you win an argument oh the litmus test is are you a better husband mm. are you a better neighbor do the people on your street bro right when when uh, their trash oh. cans when their trash cans are in front of your driveway <laughs> do the people on your street look up and say yo man hey i can tell you what man i don't i don't really rock with John and them like this, but let me tell you, they are the most gracious, kind, and forgiving, mm. loving people. I'll never forget this. Seventh grade, yeah. Ryan Lewis, man, I'm in the library, <laughs> and he's a dude in my class. And just based on the way that I lived in class or lived in that, we're walking up the library. I will never forget it. Seventh grade, yo, yeah. this is 97. So this is- Sheesh. Yeah, yeah, a minute ago. Is, yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. 
And we're walking up the stairs in the library, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm putting my right foot in front of my left on that little mm-hmm. carpet staircase. And I say something about church. Mm-hmm. And bro, Ryan Lewis turns around and he's like, John, you go to church? <laughs> and it just stuck with me because mm-hmm. I was like, dag, dag. He heard that I went to church and he knew what Christians believed. And he was shocked to find out when he looked at my life. And Paul saying, listen, the goal of our instruction is love. The goal of our instruction is that Ryan Lewis wouldn't be shocked when he hears that you go to church. That's that's incredible, bro. And yeah. you you were reading my notes, bro, because I literally <laughs> was on the same wave. And it's just so clear. It's the first time I kind of made the connection right. in chapter one. But Paul is saying like, that's why he goes into his testimony right. because he's like, fam, sound doctrine leads to actual transformation of lives. Yeah. He says, look at me, right? right. Yeah. And he, so he gives his testimony. And one of the things I thought about was, I've never seen a person drift off into heresy, mm. unsound doctrine about God, the Bible, and Jesus. Yeah. And live better. I just <laughs> right, haven't. Right. I just have not seen that. Right. They usually usually their morals go out the window. Right. Yeah. And so Paul is saying like, yo, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Right. Mm. So uh, I thought that was excellent. Chapter two. Yeah. He goes into, all right, in light of all that, boom, oppose the false teachers. But now this is how the church is supposed to operate. Right. The first thing he says, he says, first, before everything, pray. Yeah. He says, pray. He says, prayers and petitions and intercessions and thanksgivings, we usually skip over this, made for everyone. Right. We usually skip to the kings and authorities. Right. He says, no, no, no. We pray. Basically, he's saying we want all sorts of prayers right. for all sorts of people. Mm. Right. And one of the biggest prayers I have one of the biggest prayers I have for our church is that we would be a praying church. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and so, you know, I've thought of the same thing, but not just, so it's like that we'll be a praying church, not just a church that prays. Mm, Right. mm. Right now it's like, I praise God. We are a church that prays. Anybody that comes to our church or Mm. has spent time with us is like, man, like y'all, really pray as a church, you know, prior to the pandemic when things were longer. It's like, man, y'all have got, you know, a prayer of praise in here and a prayer of confession. Y'all meet once per per month to, yeah, yeah, pray. Mm. And it's one thing to be a church that prays where it's programmatic. It's another thing to be a praying church where Mm. every turn in the road, the first instinct for people is that they would, yeah, pray. Capitol Hill, Capitol Hill. I remember you told the story. No, no, I remember, yeah, this story. I was at a funeral at Capitol Hill Baptist Church. I first got there. I'm about to spend four months there in DC in 2013. I'm at a funeral of Miss Shirley. Mm. And bro, um, man, one of the things that I saw was like her family came and they kind of sat at the front row and the neighbors came. Mm. The neighbors didn't know her family but they knew the church. Mm. And then the pastor got up and shared the gospel Mm. and you could literally see the light bulb on top of people's heads (laughs) go off when he connected. No, same way that the church had no obligation to serve this lady, yet they did. They did that because we believed that we had a God that had no obligation to serve us and yet he served us. And I was just like, man, how how did the church do this for 20 years? Mm. And bro, I was there for four and a half months and mm. every Sunday night for four and a half months, the church gathered together to pray 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they did that. They've done that for 25 years. Wow. And it just rubs off in every interaction that you have wow. with folks as it ends like pray. People say they have praying moms. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like <laughs> I left my house 19 years ago. And to mm-hmm. this day, 19 years later, mm-hmm. this is not hyperbole. Mm-hmm. There is not a single time. There mm-hmm. has not been one time that I have gotten off the phone with my mother in 19 years where she didn't pray for me on the phone. And if I've our heard phone, it out loud. I've heard it. Just, and, just yeah, through, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it. if our phone gets disconnected Call by the time back? it reconnects, I've got a voicemail where she prays. 19 years, never missed. This is somebody. Different. This is not That's just a bro. mom that prays. This is a praying mom. And what Paul's That's saying is, bro. I love that. This got to be y'all. And real quick, too. Ted Capitol Hill Baptist, and you always talked about um, just the way that they had this weird peace about themselves. Oh my goodness! At Capitol Hill, yeah, just because. And you was like, bro, looking back, it was because they prayed so much. They didn't get rattled by things because they knew that, yeah, that they knew that the Creator of heaven and earth mm. was on the other side of words. Oh, yes. that left their mouth, Amen, and they brother. really believed it. Amen. That's excellent, man. Oh, that's so good. We could stay there. Oh, hey, that's so good. But he goes into talking about men and women and their roles in the church. I would love to hear what you think, Pastor John. Yeah. (laughs) About Pastor John. Yeah. (laughs) So there's lots of views here. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to keep the main thing the main thing, right? So there's there's some folks that will look at this and they'll say, nah, Paul's going to look at creation. And what he's going to say is that, no, the, uh, and folks will say, you know, you know, the preaching responsibility in terms of the life of the church mm. should take place only by men under all circumstances. And mm. if you believe the Bible, then you're going to believe this and do things like So they'll look and they'll say that, yeah. right, that Paul is referring to that, the instruction stuff that goes on in the life of the church. Mm. There's some folks that will look and say, no, this letter is located specifically in Ephesus, yeah, yeah. right? And there is a specific problem that's starting to go on here as will be addressed by the widows and mm-hmm. things like that at the end, where there is a particular problem that Paul's trying to address here. Yeah. And in the same way that Paul is going to talk about um, the creation order and the Godhead in first Corinthians 11, where he talks about head coverings, Mm -hmm. they'll look here and say, no, 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 look, look, this is contextual right here that Paul Mm -hmm. does not mean. So they'll say the first Corinthians 11, first Corinthians 11 11 is textual, but this one's uh, contextual, but this one's not right. No, 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 no. So there's a group of folks that will say, no, 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 it is, this has more to do with the context at the time. This is not uh, universal. Yeah, 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 women uh, can't preach. So it's like, yeah, there are, so it's like, I say say this, there are people mm. on both sides of this thing yeah. who believe in the sufficiency of the Bible, but right. they've got a hermeneutic that sees mm. this differently, mm. right? Yeah. So what I don't want to do is root uh, the interpretation of what I would see here as everybody who holds to the sufficiency right. of scripture sees it here in the same way that I don't do the same thing on baptism, which I feel like is a more important issue yep. than this one. But I know that there's yeah, Good free reign there. Yeah. Yep. Maybe we could do extra credit talking about the different views. Yep. Um, but Paul goes on and talks about um, 
just the qualities that should be present in an right. overseer, a pastor, yeah. elder, a leader of a church. And the thing that has struck that struck me has always struck me about this text is it's ordinary Christian virtues. Yeah. Self-control, sensible, respectable, hospitable, right? All of these things. The only thing that's pretty much different is he should be able to teach. Right. Right. Um, but and you know, take care of his own household. It's like, fam, if you ain't taking care of the career up, there's no way you're gonna take right. care of the church. Right. Just practical things, all character qualities. Mm. And we have seen over and over and over and over and over again how many times mm. people pick pastors right. based on their giftedness rather than their godliness. Mm. And Paul is saying here, like, their godliness should run circles around their giftedness. Yeah. Right? Look at the proportions, like you said, mm. right? Their giftedness and being able to teach, that is one qualification amongst many. Yep. So Paul's going to be like, yo, they shouldn't be quarrelsome. Yeah. Yo, they shouldn't be jerk. If he's a jerk, <laughs> if he's he a should jerk. be a pastor. Ah, that's a wrap, yeah. Yo, they should be kind, hospitable, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The most important things. Or um, I think it was Don Carson that said yeah. it. The most impressive thing about this list is none of the things on this list are like all that impressive. Oh, that's excellent, man. He's like, nah, like make sure, make sure he's kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure he takes mm. care of his family. Mm. Make sure he's hospitable. Make sure he's he's not like short tempered. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And it's so good because um, I remember, yeah, like you said, bro, like uh. Meeting, uh, I met, got a chance, way way of John Anwicheko to meet John Piper. Oh, yeah. And you told him, like, man, this guy wants to be a pastor. He's like, he looked at me, just all stern. <laughs> He's like, it's a hard calling, and it's a high calling. Yeah. And the highness of the calling mm. is the character right. that God calls you to yeah. in the midst of it. And so that's always just stuck with me. Um, but Paul is clear at the end of this text, man. He's like, yo, this is how people are to behave in God's church the household of god which is the pillar and foundation of truth this is the church this is the way things ought to operate and timothy i'm telling you these things so you can tell them right and as you uh plant more churches in and put more pastors up these are the things you should be looking for and he says at the end of this it's ultimately based on the gospel all right. of this is based on the death burial resurrection the incarnation all the way to the ascension of jesus christ he ends with a hymn uh, it's all based on Jesus, and it's all about Jesus. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Father, uh, we pray that we would keep the main thing the main thing, that we would oppose teaching that does not accord with sound doctrine, with who Jesus is and who mm. he's revealed himself to be, but also, Lord, that we would make uh, love the goal of our instruction, that we would um, focus so much more on character and godliness and giftedness. I pray that your church will be built up and we will be a church who prays to the God of heaven and earth because of what your son has done for us on the cross and in his resurrection. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.